0: There's been an ongoing debate over whether children should be vaccinated against COVID-19. A number of countries have already begun inoculating children aged 12 and over. This includes the United States, Israel, Canada, Denmark, France, Sweden, Spain, Norway, Chile, China, Cuba and the United Arab Emirates. Some experts say that vaccinating the young is necessary for a return to normal life and also important for kids to go back to school. While there are parents who are happy about this, there are others who are cautious, particularly when it comes to vaccinating younger children aged between 5 and 12. You are listening to Beyond Headlines, and I'm your host, Sohail Akram. In this episode, we'll try to examine the case of COVID vaccination in children.
1: Today is a great day for American parents, and American families, and American children. We've taken a giant step forward to further accelerate our path out of this pandemic. After months of rigorous and independent scientific review, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA authorized, and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC recommended the COVID-19 vaccine for children ages five through 11. For parents all over this country, this is a day of relief and celebration.
0: On the 27th of October, 2021, the United States approved the use of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine for children aged five to 11. In Miami, Florida, we heard from two mothers. One wanted her children vaccinated, and the other didn't. This is Daniela Botcher. She plans to get her five-year-old daughter vaccinated.
1: First, I, I totally yeah. believe in the vaccine. I believe in the science. I read all the articles where they say that it, the, the, there's no, or the, the that outweigh the benefits outweigh the possible other effects.
0: And this is Susilis Alvarez. A mother of two children, aged seven and two, Suzilis isn't sure about the vaccine. Um, I don't know what are in what is in those vaccines, and I do believe that kids need immunity and nutrition, and I think that with that, it would be just more than enough. So I don't think that uh, putting something in their body that
1: um, is just chemicals with God knows what, especially because they're not
0: even telling anyone what it is. I don't think that any parent should. Um, put that in their kids' bodies. Socialist and Daniela's feelings echo their appearance around the world. Are the vaccines safe, and why do children need to be vaccinated at all? The US took the decision to start vaccinating children aged 5 to 11 on the basis of clinical trial data that showed the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine about 91% effective at preventing COVID infection in this age group. Around 4,650 children participated in the trial. Two-thirds of those received a vaccine and the rest a placebo. The vaccine dose for 5 to 11-year-olds is about one-third of an adult jab. We spoke to Dr. Jeremy Rossman, an honorary senior lecturer in virology at the University of Kent and president of Research Aid Networks, to understand what it has taken to get a vaccine that's appropriate for children
2: we're saying that it's taken so long to get this approval for the the children's vaccines. But compared to historic vaccines, this is actually a very quick process. And again, just like the adult vaccines, that's not because any shortcuts were taken, but because we have such high case numbers and we have a new vaccine technology, it's allowed the process to move faster. But it's because we go slowly to make sure that we know that the vaccine is safe for adults, and then we go and assess it in children. And so it's because we have this iterative process for age group versus age group that it's taking this length of time um, and why it will continue to take more time for the even younger children. It's all about the the way in which the immune system in children develops over time. And so what we do is we, we started with adults and make sure that the vaccine is safe and effective in adults. We got that data and now we have real world data for that for millions of doses. Then we went to to older children and looked and saw how the vaccine was performing in those children. And this is sort of the, the 12 and up. And in those children, again, we saw a very good profile for those children. But now we're starting to get into younger children because 12 and up, the immune system is starting to behave similarly to adults. But as you start to get younger, the immune system is still in the process of developing. And so we want to make sure that children are not having different side effects, that children are still having a strong and protective immune response. And so we break it up into smaller groups. And this goes all the way down to infants. And infants have a very immature immune system, but they get protection from breastfeeding and from the mother's milk. On 22nd
0: November, Israel began rolling out the Pfizer vaccination for 5 to 11-year-olds in the hopes of beating down a recent rise in coronavirus infections. The country has been on the forefront of the fight against COVID-19. To date, it has vaccinated more than half of its 12 to 15-year-old population. We spoke to The National's Jerusalem correspondent, Rosie Scammell, who was on the ground as the vaccination for 5 to 11-year-olds got underway.
1: So I was visiting a clinic in Israel, um, where they'd started vaccinating five to 11 year olds. And of course, the people there were enthusiastic about the idea. I think there hasn't really been widespread backlash to this move because for months now, the older children have been getting vaccinated and hasn't really been um, a a big backlash to that. So I think generally it's a positive step as per residents in Israel. I think we'll have to wait and see how many kids go ahead and get vaccinated. I know that thousands of kids are already registered this week, but it's a bit early to tell what the final result will be.
0: Rosie says there wasn't a massive discussion in the country before the vaccine rollout for the younger children.
1: In the rollout, the run up to this, these vaccinations being rolled out for little kids, there hasn't been a massive discussion about it. Um, I think that at this stage came a bit before when they decided to lower it to um, teenagers. I think that's when the discussion happened about, you know, children or no children. So I think it's a bit of a natural progression here. Um, it may change once they lower the age again, um, or if, in, like at the moment, there haven't been any any negative cases of kids getting vaccinated yesterday that have had particularly bad um, outcomes that I'm aware of. So I think if that were to happen, then the the conversation would would change certainly. But at the moment, it seems to be going ahead as planned.
0: So far, different parts of the world have approached the children's vaccination process differently. In May, the European Medicines Agency approved the Pfizer vaccine for 12 to 15 year olds. In both Denmark and Spain, children aged between 12 to 19 have been vaccinated with at least a single dose. France has vaccinated 66% of those aged between 12 to 17 with a single jab. In Sweden, children aged 12 to 15 are only eligible for a vaccine if they have lung disease, severe asthma or another high-risk medical condition. China too started vaccinating children starting as early as 3 to 17-year-olds. In India, the country has also recommended emergency use of the COVID vaccine shot in the 2 to 18 age group. On 25th October, vaccine maker Moderna said that a low dosage of its mRNA-based vaccine for children aged 6 to 11 is safe and effective but it had not yet applied for FDA authorization. But while countries are rolling out vaccination programs, some parents still have questions. Like, what about the side effects of vaccinating children? In their 20th September report, Pfizer-BioNTech said that the vaccine jabs for 5 to 11-year-olds were found to be safe and well-tolerated. Dr. Jeremy says the side effects are even milder and less common in children than in adults.
2: So typical things are, you know, you'll have a fever, you'll have, you know, pain in the arm where the injection was, you know, maybe a headache, maybe feeling tired for a day or two. Very similar to what adults got with the the doses of the vaccine, except In a large number of kids, they have even more mild symptoms and might not even have any side effects of the vaccine. That's the the very typical situation. Um, We can talk a little bit about this idea of myocarditis, which is one of the, the sort of real concerns that parents have, but we have also very good data about that as a side effect.
0: Dr. Jeremy is referring to those rare cases where mRNA-based vaccines have been linked to a very small risk of myocarditis and inflammation of heart muscle seen particularly
2: in young men. For the vast majority of children, just like the vast majority of adults, the side effects are incredibly mild and incredibly short-lived. These are incredibly safe vaccines. But of course, some more serious side effects do occasionally occur. And with children, the most common of the sort of more severe side effects is myocarditis. And they were seeing this in the sort of 12 to 18 year old age bracket and specifically in male children in that age bracket. And so there was a lot of concern about this, but when we started to actually look at the data, we realized that first of all, the risks of myocarditis in children, if you get infected is much greater than that from the vaccine. But also when you look at the clinical course of myocarditis in children following the vaccine, it tends to be very mild and it tends to be very short lived. So it sounds scary, but it's, it does tend to be a very mild side effect. And the really strong point is that we have data now that says this is occurring in the U.S from the data there at about a rate of one in 54 million vaccine doses. So this is still a very rare side effect. It's also mild and short-lived, but the side effects of COVID can be much more severe.
0: So far, it's mostly the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine which has led the way in the children's vaccination. It's not only the vaccine's high efficacy, but also how fast its manufacturers were able to adapt their vaccine for adults into an appropriate dosage safe for children. Pfizer's child dose for 5 to 11-year-olds injects about 10 micrograms of RNA in each shot, which is a third of the 30 micrograms given to people aged 12 and older. Dr. Jeremy says the vaccines are almost identical.
2: So it's about a third of the amount of the mRNA in the Pfizer vaccine, about a third of the the actual active ingredient. And so that's all it is. Outside of that, they're absolutely identical. Um, Because it's a smaller dose, they use a smaller needle too. So it's a little bit easier on the child in terms of just the needle stick. But other than that, they're exactly the same. Here's Rosie again.
1: So I went to a clinic after school finished and before it even opened there were a few kids with their parents lining up outside. Some children seemed quite happy to be there. I think the fact that they were given balloons probably helped. There were some kids that were crying either in the clinic or as they left the clinic, but generally it seemed like quite a good atmosphere and the people at the clinic administering the vaccines had sort of made special arrangements like decorating the clinic to welcome the kids in a bit of a different way to they'd handle the adults.
0: Among those countries that have started vaccinating healthy children, one of the main arguments is to give children long-term protection. But it's not just a child's individual health. The COVID-19 pandemic has shown that even seemingly healthy children can transmit the virus. So experts say vaccinating children en masse will also help reduce the community transmission of the disease. But given that we know the risks of COVID-19 are lower in children, is it less urgent for children to get the vaccine? Dr. Jeremy doesn't think so.
2: Um, COVID risks are lower in children than in adults, both in terms of the likelihood of the child getting infected and the likelihood of them having severe disease. But we do know that children can develop severe disease. We've heard all of these cases. We know that children can be hospitalized. But importantly, we also know that children can develop long COVID. So even if they have mild symptoms, they can develop a very debilitating disease that can last months or perhaps longer. So, And this can even be for following a mild infection. So there's a real risk for children. And of course, we also know that children can transmit and spread the virus. So as more of the adult population is vaccinated and has some level of protection, we need to make sure that everybody in the population is protected and has that reduction in transmission of the virus we have groups of children that should be prioritized for the vaccine and we have groups of children that probably will not be able to get the vaccine so sometimes you have you know for instance a, a child that has an allergic reaction to any of the ingredients in the vaccine for instance would not be able to get the vaccine but sometimes children that have you know severe uh, are severely immunocompromised or have other diseases might not be eligible to get the vaccine. It's fairly rare. There are not gonna be very many children in that category that are not able to get vaccinated, but it's important to note that there are going to be some, and so they are going to be at a continued risk. And so we need to make sure that we're not leaving anybody behind when we're talking about COVID safety in children.
0: Vaccinating children faces the same challenges that vaccination for adults faced that is, its smooth rollout. Will countries involve schools and other institutions to help mobilize the children's vaccination process? This is particularly true for lower- and middle-income countries that are still far behind in vaccinating their adult populations. In 2020, the World Health Organization, UNICEF, and a number of international organizations came together to form COVAX. Its main aim is to make sure COVID vaccines are made available around the world with richer countries subsidizing costs for the poorer nations. Since its formation, COVAX has shipped more than 303 million doses to 142 countries around the world. What remains to be seen is, if and when a proper vaccine rollout for children takes shape in the world, how will forums like COVAX make sure children from lower- and middle-income countries get their share of vaccines? But while it may be months from now before those decisions are made and those questions answered, It comes back to parents and guardians of children. Do they think it's necessary to vaccinate their children? Dr. Jeremy thinks this is not
2: the time to get complacent. My response is that while global numbers are somewhat declining right now, in many countries, and especially in many countries in Europe right now, we are actually seeing cases incredibly... Peaking. So, you know, Germany has had some of the highest case numbers they've ever had. The Netherlands has had some of the highest case numbers they've ever had. The UK has very high case numbers. So there's a lot of viral transmission that is going around right now. And we have already seen very high case numbers in children in many different countries so we know that there is a risk to children we know that the risk to children is about the highest now that it's ever been so there's not a great cause for waiting it out because it could be months until it gets better and children that are in school right now are at risk and the vaccine does help and I'm not just saying that because I'm pro-vaccine or because I'm a virologist. I'm saying that because I've looked at the data and the data says the vaccines in children are incredibly safe and are very effective and very effective at preventing children from having severe disease, from spreading the virus back to family members or community and helping to lower the risk of children getting long COVID, which can be incredibly severe. So there's a lot of strengths of getting this vaccine, a lot of protection that can be offered to children, and we have very good data about how safe it is. You
0: have been listening to Beyond the Headlines. I've been your host, Sohail Akram. To get all the latest episodes, click the subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app. Thanks this week to Dr. Jeremy Rossman and Rosie Scammell. This week's episode was produced by Aisha Khan and Arthur Edison.